0: I'm Chris Denton.
1: And I'm Paul Monk. And we are. Very British, British Horror.
0: Horror. Now, actually, uh, for this episode, we have a special guest. Paul, would you like to introduce our special guest?
1: Okay, this ties in nicely with our previous episode where we were talking about the BBC serial Moondial. And we have with us Tony Sands, who played Tom from that series. Welcome, Tony.
2: Hello. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's fantastic Mm. you could join us. Thank you, Tony.
0: Right. I'm going to start. So my first question is probably the first question that comes up a lot. Um, Tony, (laughs) how did you get the part of Tom in Moondar?
2: Right. Well, um, it was a very long time ago, guys, so it might be a little bit foggy. (laughs) It was... uh, I was, um, well, when I was a young guy, I, was, I always wanted to be an actor, and I joined the Anna Shear Theatre, and they were decent and kind enough to to take me on their books and represent me, uh, so I was going for auditions, and Moondar was actually just my third audition, and uh, Colin, uh, the director, he came along, Colin Kant. He came along to the theatre to, to see over a few auditions and I made it through to the second round and, you know, in the end they, they, they took pity on me and gave me the part. <laughs> uh,
0: well, on, so, yeah, on the, just,
2: it, yeah, sorry, go on.
0: On the DVD, I think he, he, he says you were perfect for the role. I think, Kim, I think he, he likes to cast people, he said, who, who, who seem to fit the part exactly and he, he said that of you.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that, actually. I've got, well, I've, I'll have to thank Colin next time I speak to him. <laughs> um, I, I, met, I actually met up with Colin uh, at Fright Fest in August last year and it was the first time I'd seen him in a long, long, long time I think I'd seen him twice or three times since Moondial had finished filming um, so you know so I, bumped, I know his son, I got chatting to his son oh, wow. who is a friend of a friend it's a really small world so his son works with <laughs> someone I know uh, for Arrow Video and um, yeah so I, 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 I got, got together with Colin and met, met him and his son and his daughter and yeah it was really cool um, but I didn't know he said that about me it was very nice but saying that I, when, um, when we were filming Moondial we met Helen Creswell who wrote it who wrote the book oh, yeah. and okay. she, she, she gave us copy, signed copies of one of her other books and she had a copy of Moondial and she said to me uh, you know you, you just look so perfect you look so perfect like, it's, you're like you're just like the illustration in the book and she opened this book and she showed me the illustration of Tom in the book who was this really skinny, scrawny guy with a big head and a big mop of hair. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, am I, do I take that as a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that how I look? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so so um, how long was it in between you, you, you knowing you, you had the part and you started to film it?
2: Do you know what? I'd love to be able to give you a precise answer from that. I have no bloody clue. I can't remember. It was, I don't think it was too long. I, I think the because ter- we had, I remember we had the auditions, not the auditions, we had the rehearsals in August in BBC and Shepherds Bush. And I remember that because my birthday is in August and one of the days that we were rehearsing was my birthday and they got me a birthday cake and sang happy birthday to me. Pauline um, <laughs> Siri and a couple of others there. Um, so, yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think it was too far apart. I'd imagine that the turnaround was quite quick. And then we filmed, uh, I think, in September, September, October, November. It was probably October, November. I know we filmed when the hurricane, when that, you know, the great storm in 1987. Oh, yeah. I know that's one of the days we were due to film was on that day. And I remember getting up in the morning and turning on the news while I was getting dressed and seeing all this devastation <laughs> in London, thinking, what the bloody hell happened there? What's going on?
1: Well, and, that,
2: uh, <laughs>
1: did, did that mess yeah? anything up at all?
2: Well, we, we couldn't film that day. We tried filming because we didn't really get hit by the storm. We got hit by the tail end of it. Right. And so we tried to film, but it was really, really windy. You know, there's nothing, we couldn't get anything. So we, we tried, but we aborted. But I remember looking up at the clouds, and the clouds were just twirling around up in, you know, we, we filmed in Lincolnshire and Grantham and um, Belton House. And like you just see, the, it was just, it was the most bizarre thing. It was very surreal. Well, a, bit like, amazing, a bit like the times now, actually, all very surreal.
0: <laughs> what's amazing about that, uh, Tony, is that um, on, on the, the show, the weather looks perfect. It looks glorious pretty much the yeah. whole
2: time. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't film that day. If we the film that day, my head would, be, would have been glowing one way or the other and <laughs> been clinging onto my hat. <laughs> 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 In been a very different show.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... so what was a sort of typical day's filming like then? Because uh, obviously, well, you were, presumably, you were at sort of school age at that point. Yes. And
2: I was. Yeah, I, I was. But well, when you're under sixteen, you still need to be schooled. So we had a, a caravan where we used to go to, and we had a teacher called Jane, who taught me and Helena, who played um, Sarah, and a, a girl called Angela, who was a stand-in. She was a local girl. Um, and so we, we were all taught Siri so got away with it, the lucky girl. And uh so we used to we have to go, you know, so when we weren't shooting, we'd be we'd be getting lessons, uh, like work accumulated from teachers at our schools. Uh and then yeah, then you'd have a scene. And the thing is when you're shooting anything, there's a lot of sitting around. You know, actually being in front of the camera is not you know, that's only a small amount of, of the actual filming. A lot yeah. of it is sitting around waiting and And you know, trying to rapidly, you know, quickly remember your lines, running over your lines, and (laughs) going out and hoping (laughs) you get them all right. Uh, But yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of sitting around. It was it was great though. It was a great experience. I mean, from what from what I remember, it was a it was a really nice crew. Helena and and Siri were lovely, and the the crew. Yeah, I can't remember any of the crew that weren't nice. It was a really nice atmosphere there. And Colin's a fantastic director. He he's very tight control and. But he's also very cool and chilled and relaxed. You know, he he makes you feel. He, he made us all feel very relaxed and and calm, and th- there was no real terror or stress or anything like that. It, he he he's an amazing guy, actually, amazing director, a really lovely man.
1: I mean, in the episode we when we were reviewing it, we we did talk a lot about his um, sort of directorial sort of choices, um, things like the, some of the low camera angles, and mm. um, just just the sense of the emptiness a lot of the time there was lots of space um, which added to that sort of eerie effect and we particularly uh, meant talk about the the extensive sort of day for night shooting
2: Mm. which I
1: guess had to happen because of your age is that
2: yes yes that's right
1: but But I think um, it added to the atmosphere didn't it yeah well that's what we that's what we sort of said that it it actually um, it creates that kind of moonlight effect uh, and actually, works really well. And normally, I have to say, normally that sort of day for night shooting doesn't really work in a lot of films and um, TV shows. But it sort of really enhances, I thought.
2: Yeah, but there were lots. There were lots of techniques they tried. Even the moon effect—you know, where the moon just starts spinning. Yeah. Um, there were lots of things they. I mean, it, it's a—it's an old show, but I, and I think it didn't. It doesn't really feel like a kids' TV show um, because it is quite dark. It is quite yeah. ominous, and it is quite uh, ambiguous as well. You know, there's not an awful lot of answers. I mean, in, in, I think in the book, there's not an awful lot of answers. I think Colin actually asked Helen, um, Helen <laughs> Presnell, about it, and she didn't really have the answers herself. Uh, so a lot of it was just. But I think that plays well, you know. And a lot of the time, the crew would be saying, "Would would be coming up with theories and ideas about yeah. who, who was tied to who," and like I think one of the one of my favourite ones the Old Man World is actually Tom. Oh, yeah, which is why he knows interesting about everything. <laughs> um, all all because that, you're never interesting. You're never given any definitive answers, so any any theory can play into it quite well.
0: Well, right, it makes it really good to do a podcast about it because because it's like, okay, what, what do we think happened? Because um, 'cause cause it's kind of like is it a time travel drama or is it ghosts? No, no it's probably not time travel because <laughs> it's prob- because the ending it's kind of it's ghosts, but it it is it is um it is interesting, the, the mechanics of it and, and what's going on with Miss Vold and Miss Raven and, and, yeah. and everything like that. And in fact, the more I think about it, the more the, the more I just don't understand it. But I think that... <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> well, but that's kind of part of the beauty of it, isn't it? And I think yeah, absolutely. Also, it's also, was it all in her, her head? You know, well, that that was beauty, of, imagine that's all of it.
1: That's one of the theories that I, I came up with was this, the idea that actually Minty's just making it up and she's making these tapes for her mum to listen to to help her out of the coma. And I, and I, one of my theories was that this is all just a made up story that she's she's recording um to to for her mum to listen to, but we're we're seeing it played out. Yeah. And that sort of fits as well. it's, it's many different things that, that fit. Yeah. It's not um, really
2: the theory you want to buy into though, because it's such a nice no. story. And you yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather be real than just made up. Well I mean I don't know made up. But made up is made up story. You know what I mean?
1: So Again, at fine. the end, I think it's it's it, it's really um because you're obviously all saved at the end, and I didn't didn't really quite know how you were saved or was that but last? Were they like, saved? Were they saved? Yeah, or, or were yeah the exactly. I don't know.
2: It, again like i said there's this, there's a lot of ambiguity in it, and I think that's part of what why why people still i mean i'm I'm amazed people still still remember it, but I imagine part of the reason people still remember it is because it was very dark and because it was quite ambiguous, and because when it ended a lot of people were scratching. you kind of think you get it, and then when you walk away you're thinking oh <laughs> I think there's <laughs>
1: lots, I think there's lots of really memorable um scenes in it and, and imagery, and I think that sticks with you i mean, I watched it. Uh, when it was first on, um, uh, and, and I don't know whether Chris, I did. I don't think you did, did you, Chris? But I, I didn't um, watch
0: all the way through when it was.
1: Yeah, we, we I, I always we were,
2: remembered it. <laughs> That's were you too young, Chris?
1: No, we were probably we were probably bordering on being a bit bit too old, if anything. Oh, okay. Um, That's
2: right. That makes me feel a lot better now. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: like. uh, I think we're probably roughly about the same age, if, if <laughs> well,
2: roughly speaking. Let's not go there, eh? Let's not talk about no, Absolutely. Not that. No, let's
1: not. Um but yeah, I, I just remember there were lots of things that stuck with me. The kids with the mask, um, Jacqueline Pierce, obviously. Jacqueline Pierce um, was
2: amazing, eh?
1: Yeah. What was she um, like to work with? Was Do
2: you know what? I, I um Jacqueline Pierce. Because I loved Blake Seven, man, I loved Blake oh, Seven, Doctor and Blake Seven. Ah, oh. so like walking on, you know, walking in and finding that Jacqueline Pierce Serverland is actually in the TV show, and like, one, I'm living the dream because I always wanted to be actor. I'm living the dream. I'm actually making TV. You know, this is incredible. So I'm just like buzzing already. And then to see Serverland sitting there, and you're like, oh my god, she was in Blake Seven. She was like so cool. <laughs> and we had a. Um, when 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 you're under sixteen, you have to get chaperone. So You always have. You know, you need right. the chaperone adult to 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 look after you and make sure you don't wander off and get up to mischief. Um, and we had a lady called Joan whose husband was a screenwriter. I'm going off the boil here a little bit, but her oh, husband, sorry. Her, husband oh, actually, her husband actually wrote Terry and June. He wrote for he wrote some of the scripts for Terry and June, which again was really. Cool. But anyway, I used to say to her, she's like, she's like in Blake 7. She's in Blake 7. I've got to tell her how great she is. And Jane, sorry, Jean, Jean. And Jean used to say to me, no, no don't, because like Blake 7 was a while ago and she might be embarrassed when you say to her, you know, no. you're in, I remember you in a show that like was a decade ago. And I'm like, but, but it, was <laughs> it was Blake 7. It was Blake So I thought, okay, let's play it cool. Let's not say anything. <laughs> you know, let's not say anything. Let's not say anything. So I've been in, in Belton House and... Jacqueline Pierce like the regal goddess she was was gliding down this amazing staircase (laughs) and I'm looking up at her and I'm thinking don't say anything don't say anything so of course I said I loved you in Blake (laughs) 7 Brilliant. (laughs) and she just had the biggest smile she goes you remember that and I'm like I love Blake 7 I loved it you were great you were so cool and she was brilliant about it she was she oh she loved loved that
1: Yeah, yeah, she loved it. Man. I met, I
2: met was, her once. She was once. a lovely lady.
1: She, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very, like, darling after everything, isn't she? And
2: Yeah, yeah, but she's lovely. But very I mean, friendly. Really, yeah, really, really nice lady. Really nice. I mean, like, you meet, you meet a lot of actors that are a bit up themselves. Um, but she was very cool. Yeah, she was lovely. Lovely to work with. Um, her and Siri were great mates. They became great friends. Uh, and Pierce, yeah. class, A class act. A class actor and a very, very, very good actress. She was a brilliant villain, wasn't she?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. gotcha yeah. I mean, we're we're all huge Blake Seven and Doctor Who fans as well,
2: so.
0: and the uh, oh, Hammer uh, films as well. So yeah,
1: yeah. yes,
2: oh yes. Oh, cool stuff. We could be talking for hours. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, she was she was great, man. But guys, she was, yeah, she was lovely, guys. She was really, really cool. Just a lovely person, lovely person to work with. I'm really glad yeah. you said that. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: yeah no it's horrible isn't it it's horrible when you come across people that you're you love and adore and and you know you, you admire and then they turn out to be arses it's uh, <laughs> so disappointing it's so disappointing
1: uh yeah i won't mention the time we we went to uh, see christopher lee and and he refused to answer any questions about dracula <laughs> oh, that was no. that was yeah Were you with me, kind, Chris? Of kind of Chris? A-
2: Big part of your career, Chris. <laughs> Didn't you play? You played Dracula more times on screen than anybody else. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, th- yeah. Uh, I wasn't with you,
0: sadly paul
1: but um it was a, it was a Borders in London many years oh. ago, and I think he was he was signing his book and he did a little interview, and, and I know we're digressing massively. He did a little interview, and then he did questions, and he would only talk about Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, um, the film that he was in way played the president or prime minister of pakistan
0: jinnah oh, i
1: think that was yeah that's the one and and he did answer he did talk a lot about the, his gay biker film as well but <laughs> as soon as anyone mentioned uh, dracula whoa he just refused to answer anything about Dracula. Do you know what
2: it's funny though he spoke about the star wars films he was in i wouldn't ever talk about star wars those star wars films
1: i mean they weren't I very think good but that, well, that was that was i think it was relatively it was a relatively new thing. I think he'd only just done them at that point. Oh, right, yeah, yeah they're usually they, they known. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but people yeah. had seen them.
2: He <laughs> must have seen them and thought, oh, oh. <laughs> "Lord of the Rings." Fair enough. Lord of the Rings are great, but yeah, this, yeah. his Star Wars prequels—they're rubbish, aren't they? Uh, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> I've got to say though, on 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 that um, on the meeting famous people note, I didn't actually meet him, but Jean, who was my chaperone on the moon dial, again, she met loads and loads of stars through through her husband she met Roger Moore who she said was an amazing really lovely bloke I won't slander any of them um, <laughs> the ones that she did tell me what, what weren't very nice at all up themselves but she did tell me a story about Teddy Savalas okay. and she was, chaperoning, she was chaperoning some kids on um, a Dirty Dozen TV movie and, and Teddy Savalas was the star and one of the one of the young men one of the young boys he kept saying that's Teddy Savalas I want to get his autograph and she said, well, don't you go and ask him then? And she goes, "Can't? I'm I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I can't go and ask him for an autograph. <laughs> and she said, just go and ask him. He's going, I'm an actor. I can't. So anyway, she eventually persuaded him to go up to Telly Savalas. And this little boy walked up to Telly Savalas and said, Mr. Savalas, can I have your autograph? And Telly Savalas looked at him and said, no, you have to give me your autograph first. Oh. And, <laughs> and she said, the boy just came back buzzing, saying, Telly Savalas, ask me your autograph. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: and it's the smallest simplest little thing but what a wonderful beautiful thing to do <laughs> I mean isn't that yeah, lovely yeah, yeah? Uh, and even when you're getting older and you're thinking yeah but you only done that to kind of placate me but still what a story to tell Teddy Savalas. Exactly. I gave Teddy my autograph although let's face it people now are saying who's Teddy Savard as?
0: oh right. no no, we are big fans
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah no he's great but I mean let's face it a younger generation it's lost yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Listen, Tony. I, I wanted to, to ask you one one, one thing because um, Tom, um, he's clearly uh, in in Mundial, He's got um, tuberculosis, hasn't he? I mean, yes, he's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I no, and that's never said uh, in, in as many words. But you have the the scene where you you cough up blood after you yeah. Um But um, so, so that 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 was quite. I mean, like, you mentioned how dark it was, but that was really quite dark, wasn't it? I mean, mm. like. Yeah, but I, but I also did think if it was a time travel, um if, if it was the moon dial was a time travel thing, and she, Siri was just going back in time. If she'd bought you some antibiotics, it could have ended happily. But
2: uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, i come to think of it. What was she thinking, Mindy? Come on! <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, I never even thought about that. What a cow! Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it would have been like a really oh, he's, short.
2: Oh, he's thinking it, about herself, wasn't she, Oh well, well,
1: yeah. Um, it would have been a really short episode. As well. wouldn't, wouldn't it just it would like yeah, one Tom episode?
2: Yeah. She was at the hospital
1: <laughs> She was at the hospital often enough. She could have got hold of something. Wasn't she, she
2: just? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Tom could have been set up for life if he held on to those. He could have become a millionaire.
1: <laughs> but but I just I just wanted to see.
0: Um, uh, were, you, were, you, were you can't You were aware how ill your character was. Where you were? You... Yeah, I mean
2: Tom was Tom was dying, wasn't he? I mean yeah. Tom wasn't long for the world because you find they find the grave and everything, don't they?
0: Yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah.
2: So well, yeah, so he was he was not he was not going to last. And I think um, unless the BBC are thinking of make, making a sequel, in fact, he lasts. He survives. <laughs> uh, <laughs> available. But you know, Tom, Tom, Tom was a goner, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: No, he was. And that's that scene where you cough up blood. For me, that's the the most horrifying scene in the the whole uh, the whole serial. Because I I mean the, the stuff with the kids and the masks is really good, but but um, I I just you know I, my, my 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 stomach lurched when I saw the blood. <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. Really yeah.
2: That scene was. I found that scene so hard to shoot because we were shooting in a really kind of lush room with all this expensive antique furniture. <laughs> so. I had to be careful not to cough the blood onto any of that, but also it was off like blood <laughs> capsule, and I kept spitting the blood capsule out every time I tried to say my line. It was like blood all coughed, blood capsule just kept coming out. But that was rubbish. That was that was like I think um, I remember Siri and I were keeping tallies about who had to do the most most takes, um, and I think that might have taken me into the lead if uh, <laughs> I screwed it up so many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was yeah. But it is oh, right, Chris. That is that is quite dark, dude. I mean that was um I mean come on, blood. This is like five fifteen on a exactly week, yeah. So. It's I don't think you get that now, really. Um, no, absolutely not. Yeah, that that I mean the devil's child and the masks. I mean, there was a lot of that was a sick series, wasn't it? <laughs> it was quite dark. <laughs> not not, <laughs> not like modern day sick, but like sickers and in sick in the mind. With the devil's child stuff. Um
0: I, I guess what, 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 and this is where you go back to it being ambiguous again. I, I guess that's how Sarah dies. So, so, so she's kind of bullied to death by those people because that's what um, that's what Minty's saving her from. Um, I th- yeah,
2: I, I, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really tragic, isn't it? All the stuff that goes on. I mean, it is. The more you, the more you talk about it, the more darker I remember it to be. I um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I never thought about, what well, I thought Sarah was freed. I mean, I, I don't know if Sarah dies. But I guess oh, if they're all running God. off at the end, then she's dead as well, isn't she? Tom kind of dragged them all down with him.
0: Well, because um, Dory, Dory, Tom's sister's there at the end. And yes, I think that's heavily implicated that she's already died of, uh, isn't it?
2: Uh, so she, so well, It's, you see, I mean, again, we're going into the ambiguity, aren't we? It's, uh, I mean, I suppose you can see it as them all being released and Tom, Tom being semi heroic kind of leading them off um before he That's what I'd like it. Clothes. I'd like yeah, it yeah <laughs> but it's the best way isn't it? I mean it's the best way if you, if you kind of feel like you, you can't really argue either way. You know, one way you can look at it they, they've escaped and they're free into some unknown time zone. Um and another way you can just say well they're all dead or another way you can say that it was it was in a head. I'd like to think they all got away. I'd like to think that they they've escaped to a, a better place and a better life. Uh, for what's left of it. Uh, well, so yeah, I don't know, but I mean, yeah, it's poor Sarah. She she went through hell, didn't she?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I've still got one of those pumpkins. You know, one of those. Um, <laughs> they, they, they were like, yeah, they were like plastic pumpkins. I've still got one somewhere. Have you? Oh, wow. yeah, my girlfriend keeps looking at asking me why. <laughs> <laughs> In that scene, they do look.
0: Pretty like, pretty much like real pumpkins, but of course they're, they're,
2: yeah, they yeah they look incredible yeah. They, and it's just uh, it's just plastic over the eyes and mouth, so when the light flashes, it it illuminates it to look like there are candles inside of them.
0: Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's,
2: it's very cool. But,
0: but, I mean, then it takes us back to, to how um, how visual that is. I mean that that um, that that ending that that, that that ending you you with um, like the. Uh, all, all the kids in, in the, who you never see their faces because um, yeah. it, it's folk, it's folk horror to me. It reminded me of The Wicker Man.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very much. That's quite a nice comparison actually, because that's a classic film. So let's take all the classic comparisons we can. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's. I remember doing that, and I remember a couple of the crew were saying this is really dark for a children's tv show this is really really dark and i remember a couple of them talking i mean that was one of the things that kept coming up was how dark it was and we could be in a little bit of trouble when we you know try and get this on because it's um it's not it's not your average everyday kiddie show and i know that you know we had shows like Rainshaw which were tackling very very serious subjects um yeah. but there was there was nothing like moon doll i mean that was you're right that was basically horror wasn't it it was that oh, that did. scene in particular was very folk horror. Yeah. In its in was its. A reaction? Conclusion. Did you know? Like, we we were on points of view. Oh wow. Yeah, I remember we've been on been on points of view. I mean, not me personally, but the show was on points of view because people were complaining about it being too scary. That's, That's a bad ballerzone. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But also, I think I think we need we need to be scared as children. I mean, like when people talk, you know, you mentioned Doctor Who and. We, well I mentioned it and then you mentioned it as well but like the thing with Doctor Who is Doctor Who was quite scary and upsetting at times when we were young but we kind of loved it for that yeah exactly um, well, and I think we need we need our stories and we need our shows to 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 scare us a little bit and then to make us feel safe and then to make us cry and to make us laugh because that's all part of life isn't it
1: yeah well, what was quite interesting was I noticed just trying to Google for Moondale stuff for research I came across uh, an episode of a program called take two which was um presented by philip schofield it's sort of like a, a, a children's bbc version of points of view i suppose but uh-huh, yeah, sort yeah. of more drawn out and it was a moon dial special
2: and they actually <laughs> yeah. had
1: kids reviewing it and and some of them were quite young and some of them did find it a bit scary but none of them none of them seemed to say that was a negative thing so i think quite often with these things it, it it's grown-ups who don't like something about it and think of it scaring their children when actually children were, were loving it, mostly. Yeah,
2: we like we like to be scared. I mean, look, read the fairy tales. Grimm's fairy tales aren't that nice, are they? They really are. Yeah, exactly. They really yeah, are. The most, far, I mean, especially if you go back to the actual original versions of them, they're really nasty. Um, yeah. But even the softened down versions we get now, there's not, you know, there's poisoning and murder and, you know, comas. I mean, it's it's messed up. So we need, you know, yeah. you, can't, you can't dilute it too too much. And I don't think, I mean, I don't feel like I was screwed up by, by film and TV. And I love movies. I love and I, was, you know, I remember seeing Alien and Alien scared me, but I don't remember being traumatised <laughs> by it. Um, not that I've ever come across an alien. So I can't really say. I'm not, no.
1: But, you know, what I mean,
2: it's, it's, I think we, we need a little bit of fear. We need a jump fright. And we need, you know, we need to be scared by things. And I don't think it messes up. Your minds I mean certain, we suppose certain people get screwed up by it, but I think in general it 's needed I don 't I don't see any harm in it. I think if you, if you soften it too much, it just becomes boring and dull
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah, absolutely
0: so um, what, what was what was i mean after you finished f- filming Moondial, M- did you um, uh, like six, did you go back to normal life or or, or, or what,
2: what happened then? Yeah, just back to school, back to being me, uh, back to you know, getting auditions when they came up,
0: uh, and
2: then, um, and then, and then it was and on TV. The, yeah, and then the screening comes up. You go to the press screening, and a couple of the press chat to you, and then he, then it was on TV. And suddenly everybody's like, "Oh, you're the guy on Moon Goal. It's, <laughs> it's really weird um, because suddenly <laughs> these chat- Then you were yeah. famous. Well, yes, I suppose for a little bit. Uh, it's yeah it's strange because I mean I I didn't I didn't really go into it because I wanted to be famous or well known I mean I always kind of thought it'd be nice to get to a position where you're making lots of shows and you might be that all that guys and everything rather than knowing my name or knowing who I was or pointing me out in the street Uh, I never you know I just enjoyed acting it was it was probably the one thing I felt comfortable doing Uh, and I really really loved doing it it was like a real buzz for me and then a real joy for me and I felt I felt in my place. I felt like I'd found what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, so yeah, Moondoll Moon was an amazing experience, and I even you know bef- you know up to, leading up to it, during it, and after it, um, it, it it was something very special. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is weird when people come up to you and they're recognised. Not not all of them are nice, but most of most of them are. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I've got one more question on Moondoll, which is because um, you talked about uh, how how great it was which is fantastic to hear but were, were there any like uh, unfavourable memories so it, it Was, it was think, think, um, think you didn't like so much
2: honestly no I think when it ended probably, probably <laughs> that didn't, you know because it was work yeah and it was fun yeah no no I don't honestly my, my memories of it as vague as they are now um was it was incredible it was a really it was a really nice experience it's funny I went I went a couple of years was it last year or a couple of years ago I went to do a, uh, a, a guy contacted me and his media class at his school he ran a media class and they were studying Moondar because he was a fan of Moondar so they were studying Moondar and there's all these young kids and he asked if I'd go and talk to them so I said yeah man why not <laughs> sure I'm not, you know I'm going to take a weekend away we can go down that way I think it was in Southampton it was in Southampton so I thought we can go down Southampton we can take a drive off somewhere else and chill out you know for a nice weekend that can be the starting point so yeah I said yeah I'll come down I'll chat to them and they were lovely they were really lovely kids and they'd done all these drawings and they had all these pictures up in the they they were really done really good work on it but they started asking me all these questions and I'm standing there thinking Christ I should have read up on it (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember half the stuff they were asking me about (laughs) Like, They're going to have to watch, watch like, it. They go, what, do I? no, I can't watch it, man. That's like the state of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing is, when I watch myself, I'm thinking, God, I'm so rubbish. God, what did I do? Like, what was I doing? What was I acting like that? Look at the way I move. Oh, my God. Uh, although I've got you and um, Colin's son sent me the, the, uh, <clears throat> the DVD, so I might I might give it a look when I get a bit braver.
0: Yeah. Um, it really stands up. Uh, yeah, it's like. So you definitely should. You, def- you definitely should. I think
2: I'll
1: let you know. I'll let you know. Pretend, <laughs> pretend it's someone else. Pretend it's not you.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? It's so long ago. It feels like somebody else. Well, it, it does feel like a completely different <laughs> life. You know, it feels like somebody else <laughs> lived it.
0: Um, so, so, so immediately after to to Moon, Moon Doyle, um uh, so so um, while well, still a ch- child actor, you you were in. Um, a, a number of uh, other other TV, TV and film, weren't you? You were in EastEnders and uh, London's Burning and The Bill yeah. and a couple yeah, of movies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I did um, The
2: Craze and Let Him Have It. So uh, both of those,
0: uh, I really like both of those films and Let Him Have It particularly is an excellent film. Um, yeah. It's really, really, really good. Um, so so um, do you have any... Um, any memories of those movies?
2: And, and, and what well, well, Peter, Peter Medak directed both of them. Um, Peter came to the theater and I auditioned for the craze, And it was for a member of the gang, I think when they were kids. Mm. And I remember, I remember being in the audition and I was looking at all the guys around me and they were like big, rough looking guys. And there's me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at them thinking, yeah. <laughs> probably in the wrong place here probably in the wrong audition and at the end of it peter said to me he had his assistant director with him i think or the casting director with him and he said to me look i'll be honest i don't know why you've been put here because you look you're completely (laughs) wrong (laughs) but but i really like you and i think there's a role that we could fit you into we haven't we haven't confirmed the casting yet we haven't cast it properly so uh And I think they'd actually had something in mind for it, but he hadn't told him. And they said to me, we think, we think. I think, you know, Peter said, I think you'd be good for that. So he put me into it. And um, yeah, got to meet the Kent brothers. Uh, We shot in a theater in Richmond, I think Richmond theater. And that was only a day um, with another guy who played, you know, we played these two, two guys off the street. And I ended up taking some of his lines because the guy wasn't bothered about doing lines. I'm like, yeah, more lines. Fine, man. I'll do them. That's cool. (laughs) Uh, and then I think Gary improvised the bit where he runs his hand down my back, you know, just kind of as a foreshadowing of where his character was going, um, his homosexuality. And yeah, so that, and I remember when we filmed, they were really nice, by the way, the Kemps, Gary especially, really nice guy. Um, and when I was leaving, I, I don't know why I said it, because it's not really in my, it wasn't really in my character, but when I was leaving, I said to Peter Medak, the director, Peter, don't forget me for your next film. And I lost. <laughs> but he didn't. No, and he, he didn't, did no. Apparently he phoned up and he asked me. Yeah, he got in touch. I mean, I think I had to go for an audition, but I think he actually asked for me to be in Let Him Have It, which was, a small, again, a small role. But he used to have lots, lots of regular actors dotted around in, in small roles. Cameos, let's call it a cameo, because that sounds better. Yeah. Um. Lots of, lots of regular actors dotted around in cameos. And I remember going, yeah, did that. And I met Christopher Eccleston, who was, again, a really, really nice fella.
1: Yeah, I was going to Um, say that. Did you get to meet him? Do you know what?
2: Yeah, yeah. I met him at one of the auditions and uh, met him. I met him, yeah, I met him at one of the auditions because I think they weren't too sure what role they were going to put me in. So I I auditioned for it and I did a read through with him for as as the lead, as, you know, the Paul Reynolds character. And then when I was on set about probably a a good while later and he came up to me and he remembered me, remembered my name. And he sat down and we were chatting for a little bit. Yeah, nice guy. Really nice guy. Um, um, and he's a great actor. He really deserves all the success he's had. He's a very, very good actor. Well,
0: that yeah, was, a, was that a breakout performance from him?
2: I, mean, I know he was known it, anymore. It could have been. I think that was very early in his career, wasn't it? But I will say, the weirdest thing is, I mean, I've done, I've done Moon Die, I've done all these little bits and pieces. The one thing I get I, I used to get recognized for the most was the craze and I had one scene in it and about four or five lines. And I used to get these wow. big, I remember walking down the road. I was in Camden High Street and I was walking down the road and there were these two rough as crap blokes following me. And I thought, <laughs> oh no. Oh man, what am I gonna do? Because I'm not a fighter, man. And i am I mean, so much, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? They're following me. And they look I mean, they look like trouble. So I walked into this shop and I thought, oh I'll be all I'll right. be safety and numbers safety. In numbers. <laughs> And this, they followed me in. And the guys, one of the guys walked up to me and he goes, hey man, were you in the craze? I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And he turned to his mate, he goes, I told you, didn't I, I told you. And they just walked off. <laughs> and another time, this happened a couple of times, a few times, similar things. And then I remember, I was, I was um, again near Camden, because I used to live in Camden. I was, I was in Camden and a, um, a prison carrier, you know those prison transport lorries? that was one of those drove past me and then it stopped right in the (laughs) middle of the road and one of the guys leaned out the window one of the cops leaned out the window and he goes yeah mate were you in the craze (laughs) i'm like yeah yeah oh wicked i love that film and he turned back to his (laughs) mate they drove off
0: (laughs) yeah i think think that shows the impact those movies had um yeah i think um, but oh, all, oh, also the impact people still
2: remember film. the phrase, don't I? Sorry, Chris, what did you say?
0: I said, but uh, the impact of the film, but also the impact you had in that role. So that, that, that must be quite nice. Well, I, I'd
2: you? like, I'd like to think it was down to my acting rather than the quality of the movie. But let's face it, it was a very memorable film. It was a great film, wasn't it? It, it was. I mean, that was. You know, well, I mean, they, they make so many British gangster movies. Not all of them are good, and that was obviously a low yeah. budget, but they they did a good job in it. Peter Medak was a, again; he was a very good director. Um, and he pulled out. It probably, it's probably one of one of it might be the best craze movie. I mean, I think it was closest to them. It was, um, yeah, it was class. I wasn't haven't I? seen the Tom Hardy version. Yeah, I've avoided that. I was. They didn't ask me. Can't be bothered with French. The <laughs> <laughs> Screw them. Screw them. <laughs> one less viewer. <laughs> um,
0: Okay, so I just wanted because um, more, more recently you've been uh, writing and and, and and acting in in, in uh, independent movies. Uh,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so for various genres actually, but you you have made a, you have made a, a, this this really cool ghost story that um um what was it Echoes of the Past that, that we, yes yeah. Now um so I, I watched that today and I, I thought it was I thought that was excellent.
1: <laughs> oh thank you very
2: much thanks man I
1: did too
0: yeah
1: <laughs> thank
2: you
0: <laughs> well you think it's the, kind of, it's the kind of thing we like but because we're especially um, uh, fond of like ghost stories for Christmas and those kinds of things and I think yeah. I think, I think your, your, your film kind of slots right into that <laughs> so I, I, I mean it's June at the moment so but I think on Christmas Eve that would be the kind of thing to, to <laughs> whack on before getting <laughs> to bed I think, push
2: out there yeah, no, that was fun. It was, um, it was something I. The, the writing behind it was I, I. I wasn't in a particularly happy place, and I needed to talk, and I thought that was my best way of talking. So I thought let's write, let's write a haunted house movie that's not a haunted house movie, and like let's, let's write a character movie that's not a character movie. Um, no, that just a character piece. So I thought, well, let's put both together. So, you know, you're watching a haunted house movie that's really a character piece, but you're watching a character piece that's set in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
2: or is it, or is it? Um, because again, you like to play, I like to play with the ambiguity of it. So hopefully you walk away thinking, you know, hopefully you walk away of whatever ending you want from it.
0: Well, okay, um, I, I, really don't want to, I really don't want to spoil it for people. So I'm going to say, right, watch the film before you listen to this next bit. Because that last oh. shot where the guy walks into the door, um, and, that, mm. and that's like, um, that looks so supernatural, but, it, but, it, but it, it doesn't have to be. So that's, that's yeah, again, yeah. go back to that um, ambiguity really does work.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, that, that house we short, shot in was an actual, like a really old house, I think it's from the 1400s. Of, it, it's a really, really, really old house anyway. And the scene where we shot, the, the room where we shot that scene in, a woman had hung herself from one of the beams, not oh. while we were there, Years before, because that would have been a bit of an off-putting, wouldn't it? Although good shot. But yeah, she hung herself years and years before. I think two sisters owned the house, like long, long time before, and one of them hung themselves in there, in that room. So there's an extra kind of extra bit to it. And like, they were really, really old houses. I think in one of the houses next door, they found they when they were digging up the ground, they found uh, a Saxon soldier still in his armor or something. I mean, he was dead, but he was in his armor, pretty in the best of health, being underground all that time. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh yeah but they, they found a Saxon soldier something I those houses are really old it's in a, in a town in in, in, um, in kent uh but it was a very cool little town it was a nice shoot we only we shot over three nights for that uh, really hard doing, doing, like, doing shooting. <laughs> Brilliant. oh man you know but that was knackering i mean because you, you, you're you're shooting at night and then you're going back and by the time you finish finished you're having breakfast you go down have a lie down and then you're getting up and because like i produced it as well like we're doing a lot of the it's a like, minor like, tiny tiny budget so you're doing the driving you're picking up the actors and the crew to bring them to set and bring them back so it's non-stop man um, so when I'm looking if I'm looking terrified and horrified in that film it's not it's just pure fatigue that's all it is fatigue and the fear I won't remember the lines that I wrote
0: but your character <laughs> your, your character is meant to be the scared one so
2: you yes. Do... yes he is uh, <laughs> he is meant to be terrified um, <laughs> yeah.
0: but, oh um and i think i think you you're also the, um involved with a horror film festival is is
2: that right you, the uh... yeah, I, I i run i'm the director of a festival called the unrestricted view horror film festival which runs in october around halloween um really? i was co-director two years ago i took over as director last year uh it's for yeah it's uh, it, the head and chicken's theater um the unrestricted view theater company they they run the theater there James Wren and Felicity Wren, um, and Mark Mark Linster. It was it, yeah, there's, there's yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, I knew them, Airflies of the Past played at one of their festivals and another film I wrote called The Bench, which is a feature which is on Amazon directed by Mary Mullen. that that played there a few years before and at one of the other festivals. So they run two festivals here. They have a festival in April, which is running in July this year. So it's an online festival this year, and then the horror festival. And James was running both festivals. And um, he asked me if I fancied having a bash at the horror one. So I'm like, yeah, man, why not? Sure. Yeah, I've never run a film festival before. That should be fun. I like horror. You get to see loads of films. Uh, and it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a crap load of work because you're constantly watching films, especially when it gets close to the film festival itself. But it is also a lot of fun and it's a real pleasure. And you get to meet a lot of talented people and you get to play their movies, which is super cool you know it's it's a really nice feeling being able to give uh people a an avenue to showcase their films uh because that's why you make them uh, and the hardest thing is when you make independent movies when you're making super low budget films the hardest the hardest part of it i mean the hardest part of getting them made but that when once you finish that it's so hard to get eyes eyes on them um so festivals are so important uh and to be to be part of it to be part of the festival is an amazing feeling because you know you, you get to you get to help people get their films seen. You get to promote it, and we give that nice. We have a awards ceremony at the end. It's it's great. Yeah, it's a good laugh. Very 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 tiring, um, but very 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 worthwhile. And it's a real pleasure to be part of it. And they're a really cool team. Beyond the Unrestricted View are a really cool team to work with. So
0: it sounds it sounds amazing. It does it does sound fantastic. I mean, I'm thinking. Do I dust off my video camera? I'd love. Uh, I'd love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Um, okay. Uh, so, so uh, Paul, do you do you have any more questions for Tony?
1: Um, not, not at the moment, really. Um, I had a few connection issues there, so I I missed the end of that, that bit of the conversation. Um
2: oh, Paul! It was a really witty monologue. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I'm sure it
1: was I just have to it was intelligent,
2: it, it was intelligent and insightful you missed so much oh. uh, okay
0: well um, I, I'm, so, I'm so enthused by that festival I think that, that, that does that, that does sound brilliant because I'm kind of like a, a, a frustrated filmmaker myself so it's like yeah that does sound like exactly the right thing um, go but, for it man, and, do
2: it do it Chris, send it my way you never know right <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not picturing myself on the stage with one of those awards. So, no. um, okay. <laughs> well, I, I think I'd, I'd just like to say, Tony, thank you so much for talking to us today. Really appreciate it. It's, it's been really, it's been re- really great. And I think I've, I've actually learned loads about, uh, um, uh, about, about Moondial Moon and, and, and about, you know, <laughs> film, film and TV in general. So, it's, it's been great. Thank, thank you so much.
2: Well, no, it's my pleasure. I hope I haven't bored everybody.
1: No, you know, definitely haven't. And I'd like to echo what Chris has said as well. It's been really fantastic. And, um, you know, do keep in touch.
2: Well, you know, likewise, please keep in touch with me. Um, Of course. It's been been a pleasure. Great. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, Tony.
0: Um, And I'd say until next time, um, I've been Chris Denton.
1: I've been Paul Monk.
0: Goodbye.